your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really, it's really awful. Do it to it, brother. Welcome to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama, No Drama podcast. My name is Pastor Hoffman and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey, everybody. So, we had another Sunday today, another another uh, blessing, another opportunity that we were given all the good stuff. Uh, in my Bible study today, interestingly enough, uh, we're in Luther's Large Catechism in the Sixth Commandment, and you'd think I was just trying to mess with my congregation, <laughs> but the, we're reading it, and and you know, and sometimes you overturn some ugly rocks, you know, and 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 people what they're they're raised to believe, for example. But isn't that why we have studies to clear things up? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's kind of sad, too, what people believe, isn't it? Like, what you find out they believe, and, and, and they've never really taken the time to actually see what the scriptures teach. Well, it's also, then again, if I had a perfect congregation, it would be the world's most boring Bible study. But they, when we talk about the Sixth Commandment, and Luther, and oh my goodness, he just paints this picture of fidelity and marriage and honor and it is it is it's beautiful and so i i sincerely love it he was married to uh, to katie by like four years by that point and you know he was married to a wonderful lady and so it doesn't surprise me that he would have wonderful things to say about the institution of marriage <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, not only that, I mean, you know, the typology between marriage, man and wife, and marriage, and, and Christ and the church, the whole picture that it paints, I mean, we we could do a, a episode on that alone sometime. Uh, there's so much to get into there on, on the Sixth Commandment. Hey, I think, I, I don't think even the, the group would have a problem with that. Um, on this last week, I was at Higher Things, and uh, Reverend Borghart had a had a breakaway session that all three of my Christ Lutheran youth went to, and it was on marriage. And I will tell you what, he can bring the goods to these guys in a way that is both intellectual, it is stimulating, it is good for knowledge, but at no point is he dunking them under the water. I mean, he keeps it clean, he keeps it straightforward, lots of Bible references, very useful analogies, and so uh, the two girls and the and the boy in my group were all like, wow, okay, I mean, that's really useful to talk about marriage that way, and he made lots of references to Christ showing us a picture of the church and faithfulness, that Christ is indeed faithful to his bride, and and he redeems his bride. Oh, it's just, it's just amazing. Yeah, marriage is a great gift. Um, it's still regarded, it's still debated as a sacrament, right? But I'm, 
that the church still cannot agree on sacraments, even though the confessions say it's it's a constant debate, right? But um, yeah, we have this this great mystery between man and woman, and how God has sanctified and hollow marriage, and you know, I mean. We got to go back to Genesis too, where God said, you know, He made man. And he's like, yeah, this is good, but then He said, you know, it's not good for man to be alone. So, mm-hmm. it, yeah, and He looks at everything He created, which He called good, and then He says, but none of it is good enough. So He takes from His side and creates what is good enough, and that would, only a woman is good enough for this man. And what a picture to say that, you know what? For you, you need something other than the the beasts of the field. You need this. And so he creates woman, and what a huge blessing. I mean, as a married man, I'll tell you what, greatest, greatest ever. So Well, and, and not to uh, go on too far of a, a stretch here, but, you know, the intimacy between man and woman kind of is typological to the intimacy within the Godhead, you know. Um, oh, this, I got yeah, I got what you're saying. Yeah, so I mean, um, Dr. Kleining's got some good lectures out there on man and woman and, and uh, typology and, and, and Christ and the church and and all that. But I don't want to drift too far from Romans 14 because, no. like I said, we we could burn uh, a, a few hours on this as as good Lutherans. <laughs> Well, say it. Then I'll let I'll let Martin Luther start us off. As I was saying to Zach earlier, I have um, I have a Linux computer, and the Bible software that it has comes with Luther's commentaries, and one of them is on Romans. And listen to what Luther says about Romans 14. And, and like we were, I was saying to Zach off air, when Luther's stoked about something, hold on because it's about to get really good. Um, the devotion, uh, Luther says, this epistle, meaning Romans uh, 14, is really the chief part of the New Testament and the very purest gospel and is worthy not only that every Christian should know it word for word by heart, but occupy himself with it every day as the daily bread of the soul. It can never be read or pondered too much and the more it is dealt with, the more precious it becomes and the better it tastes. Therefore, I too will do my best, so far as God has given me power, to open the way into it through this preface so that it may be the better better understood by everyone. So, in other words, Luther's giving it two thumbs up. And we will start, and I will read. There's, let's see, there's only, in this, there's only 23 verses. Well, that's crazy. Well, I'll start off and I'll read those, and then we will dig into this like the succulent wedding feast. Um, it begins. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, 
and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems the day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let, not, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. I'm sorry, never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. That's an important difference. I know and I am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love, but what you eat do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So, do not let what you regard as good to be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not, for the sake of food, destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble in what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Amen. Definitely. I mean, there is some good stuff here, especially I'm, I, I call this the, the legalist killing chapter. <laughs> well, you know what? This is almost the exact opposite. You know how many people, you know, a, a weak brother might say something to somebody and what do they usually say back? Judge not, lest ye be judged. Instead, yeah. they're not listening to Paul's instruction here. Right. You know, if somebody, for example, um, is drinking and they're getting to drive and you say to them, you know, you really shouldn't be drinking and driving. And they say, judge not. You say, I'm not judging. Nah, I'm not judging. I'm actually looking out for my neighbor, you, and my other neighbor, people who are on the road. So, you know, there's, there's a difference between going, 
Because you've been drinking, I therefore declare you anathema and therefore going to hell versus, hey man, you drank too much. You need to not be on the road. Don't you judge me. That's not what's happening. Nope, not by any means. And notice Paul starts it out as the one who is weak in faith. And we ended the last chapter with... Um, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Then he continues, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, now we, we get to the point of Christian freedom, but also where your freedom stops. So we have this wonderful blessing in the New Covenant, right, where... We, we can eat bacon, and we can wear different colored threads, and we can uh, do all the stuff, you know, that the, the, as Paul would say, the law and its ordinances, you know, the ceremonial law uh, especially, you know, would not allow, because we have this freedom in Christ, because Christ fulfilled the law. But um, that freedom... Paul here is saying, hey, we, we got this wonderful gift of freedom. You know, you can eat bacon and stuff, but that freedom ends where your brother's weakness begins. Exactly. And because, again, and like Luther links the Sixth Commandment with the Fifth Commandment to say what we're trying here is to not hurt or harm our brother in his body, but help and protect him in every physical need. Well, you know what? Some of your brother's needs are going. Look, I'm um uh this this here is is difficult for me. I'm new in the faith and I'm not there yet. It's not that everything is offensive to me, but there are some legitimate things that people who are new to the faith are just not ready for, and you have to be patient with that. Or even mature Christians, I find you know have something. Um, I got I got an example. Um, of of somebody actually, you know, holding to Romans fourteen and 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 trying to do things out of love. This, you know, our our new pastor, uh, my wife, and I have been hanging out with him and his wife. Um, you know, they came from Texas, so they don't know too many people here. So we've been hanging out recently, and um, we were over there a couple weeks ago, and and uh, you know, he wasn't gonna break out any beer because he knows I don't drink. Now, I don't drink because I'm not a pietist. I just, I don't drink. So, um, I told him, hey, I'm fine. You're, you know, you're not going to make me stumble uh, at all, you know. And, and he was hesitant, and I'm like, I, I don't drink because it makes me stumble. I just don't drink. So, right. uh, you know, he was thinking of me first, and, and you know, if that, because I've had several alcoholics in my family. Um, so, but, you know, I'm all for responsible drinking, um, just like Jesus is, you know. So I assured him, have a beer, man. You know, it's not a stumbling thing. But just the fact that, you know, he knew that and took that into account shows, you know, exactly what Paul is talking about here. Right. For you, it's just more of a, uh, just rather not. Right, right. I reassured him have a beer it does not bother me one bit so i'm usually around people having beers i mean 
I just, I don't want to stay away from it because we have uh, addictive personalities, you know, in my family, and I, I don't want to fall down that, that trap. The, the devil leaves many snares. Ah, this goes back to our last text, right? Make no provision for the flesh. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm safeguarding myself, man. So. <laughs> it's, it's like it's all interconnected. Yeah, so it's like the Bible harmonizes or something, right? <laughs> it's like scripture interpreting scripture. <laughs> Somebody ought to write that down. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's coin that, man. Dude, that's the official uh, new tagline of Lutheran Stuff No Drama, where scripture and not your emotions interpret scripture. <laughs> and not your drama. <laughs> Well, I will say, um, what a, what a, and you know what, I know this sounds kind of maybe kind of cliche, but the way Paul is talking here, it, it's reasonable. I mean, it's, it's to say, look, I'm not saying don't eat bacon, but I am saying you're around a lot of Jewish converts who faithful to the, to our dietary laws are now coming into the faith and they're maturing in this and and right now shouldn't shouldn't invite them to bacon fest and 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 a, certainly you shouldn't shame them for like uh we just don't don't uh we don't do that and and that's okay cuz he'll say don't make the church about eating and drinking yeah no and he makes the point in 1 Corinthians 11 where they're abusing the sacrament he's like don't you have houses to eat and drink in so yeah just he's like go home and do that stop you know making a mockery of God's church but no right on that's exactly you know what's going on and you'll notice though the the Jews often the Jewish converts get way more triggered than the gentile converts have yeah. you ever noticed that they that, man, they like their their customs and stuff, their traditions and, and everything. So I just find that interesting. But, you know, we have a case here, too, against um, Seventh-day Adventists. When Paul says one person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems each day alike, let each be fully convinced in his own mind. Yeah. The one who observes the day observes it in honor to the Lord. So here we have... Um, a break on the Sabbath, not to break the command, but the actual day, you know, that, that a Seventh-day Adventist would say, well, you guys don't keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath is Saturday, and we're like, no, we do, because, you know, it's fulfilled in Christ, and, and Luther properly interprets the commandment now. Sanctify um, the holy day. That's right, so... I mean, for a lot of people, it's Thursday, right? I don't know if you guys have a Thursday service, but we have a Thursday service for those who can't make it Sunday. And, and you know, that's the day that they observe to the Lord. So that's their Sabbath day. You know, for me, uh, it's Sunday. It could be half a Sunday and half a Saturday because usually i got some work to do on both. But, you know, sure. that's the great thing about the freedom is whenever I'm observing it, I'm gladly hearing and learning God's word, right? And, and kind of taking a, a rest well we certainly i mean i said it in my sermon today that when we talk about uh jesus and encountering him in the divine service it is to say that where the word of god is purely preached and the sacraments are rightly administered well there you go 
And if you're doing that on Sunday or like you do it on a Sunday and a Thursday, you know what's still happening? The, the pure preaching and the right distribution. And so that is... This is why you can't have nice things, Zach. <laughs> I know. We just can't have nice things, can we? Because... Well, and here Paul is saying, yeah, you have this Christian freedom. Don't pass judgment on each other. You can worship whatever day you want. Just make sure you're doing it, right? And then you have the the cults coming in, per se, and saying, hey, we demand you keep the true Sabbath Saturday. Or you're not going to heaven. Or, you know, we have Judaizers, Judaizers coming in and saying, you can't eat bacon or you're condemned. Not even, hey, you know, that bugs me kind of thing, just... <laughs> you know they're they're making the law and they're and that's that's when you have a case to stand on and be like no 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 I have this freedom you know and it's 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 not to make you stumble but uh, what you're doing is wrong you're making laws out of my freedoms yeah and then you imagine the bacon section in hell and them going totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, no more bacon. I'm in hell already. <laughs> yeah, I have a hard part for the one text here that, that says, uh, while the weak person only eats vegetables. To that I say, oh, man, you are weak. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. Uh, save the beef for me. But uh, And while the strong man eats many chicken breasts. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't judge me on my, my, my meat consumption. Yeah. Um, I won't judge you on your vegetables. Just do me a favor and eat eat them all, eat all the eat all the kale in the world out of existence for me, would you? Right. And well, the nice thing of running into vegans and vegetarians, you don't have to guess; they'll just tell you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I, I I don't think I've ever met a Christian vegan. To be honest, I, I can't recall one, but. If there's one out there and my meat eating bothers you, let me know. I will, uh, I will take it elsewhere, or I'll suck on a carrot. I guess. I mean, you're like, and I'm out. Unless <laughs> you're out, probably take it out. I'll probably go eat in the closet. To be honest, I'll probably just take it out of your sight so that you're not offended. Unless you're out. <laughs> well. But, it, 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 Look at that! We gave you we gave you two options on what you could do: take it out or or you know change to a carrot. So yeah. I, I'd personally rather go eat in the closet, but you know. You know, I did when my wife's going for groceries today. She goes, "What do you want?" Well, I know I want some beef, and could you get one of those vegetable medley things? She's like, "Sure," and I'm like, "Great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have some beef, bring back some pork, some chicken, uh, yeah, all that stuff. If it grazes cloven hooved, I don't care. Just, just... <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, you know, and again, so then each one of us gives an account of himself to God. And, and we confess this, that, again, because... Being the ones now, being being rightfully discerning, but him judging these people is to break the first commandment, and you answer for that. And um, and it's not saying, hey, you shouldn't drink and drive. It's saying, hey, you are eating pork. Thus saith the Lord, you are going to hell. Well, guess what? That is putting yourself in the judgment seat. Um, and as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. 
So then each of us will give an account of himself. So um, if you're telling people to bow to you, I'm just going to say it's bad. <laughs> you know, I notice a lot, too. Unfortunately, we don't do a lot of Romans 14 nowadays. When we have a weaker brother who who this or that, we tend to just say, well, well you get over it, not recognize it. Because there's a fine line between creating a law and just a weaker brother. Yeah. It's hard for us to tell which one's which, and we always want to tend to think they're creating a law that's not in Scripture, when they could actually be a weaker brother. So yeah. uh, that's an important thing to note here. Um, yeah, we don't, always, we don't re-get rid of eating pork. We say, you know what, it wouldn't be appropriate right now. Sure, and that's the thing. So, like, in the face of, of like, Seventh-day Adventists, we're going to stand firm, we're going to eat pork, and we're going to worship on Sundays because we're Lutheran. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's because they're trying to make a law, and they're trying to make you subject to the law. They're, they're you know, not judging you by grace. They're judging you by your works. You know? And that's very dangerous. So, uh, yeah, we went over that in Romans 3, Romans 4, 5, 6. <laughs> it's a uh, kind of a recurring yeah, yeah, it just keeps coming over and over in this in this book of Romans here, right? So, um, we, yeah, we're, we're not, uh, we're going to be defiant because this is where you've crossed the line from uh, uh, Christian freedom to, um, you know, kind of a Christian cult. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to listen to that. But for, to a weak brother who does stumble, who does, you know, um, have problems or weaknesses with certain things, maybe they can't stand cigarettes, don't smoke. Or, yeah. you know, like like my pastor thought that, that drinking was going to make me stumble. He, he wasn't going to have a beer. I said, dude, have, have two yeah. if you're okay with two. So I'm like, you know, but those are the kinds of things that just, prove their love to the gospel and, and prove their sanctification in the spirit, you know, is that they're they're ready to abstain for my sake or, or whatnot. So we've talked about some things, I think, in the past of what, what we, I, I hate taking the uh, individual cup. I, I, you know, I'd rather take the common cup, but uh, if, if I'm sick, you know, just so my brothers don't stumble, I'll take the uh, individual cup because... You know, people have issues with, with germs and stuff. So I, I say it's the blood of God. It's not going to hurt. But, uh, you know, I don't want to make them stumble at the same time. So, Well, there you go. Because, again, some of that, that freedom stuff um, becomes important in the sense that the freedom where you need freedom needs to be recognized. Uh, and that way... Even it's a good lesson also for the weaker brother to say, I want you to know that right now I'm not eating this pork because it's an ex it's a, and it's an expression of freedom and it's not a loss. So I want you to know I'm abstaining because I know you're struggling and I, I don't want to be part of the problem here. Yeah, it's it, don't you agree in Christendom we have a problem with? Well, that's your problem. Right? I think you're right. I think a lot of people just go, well, suck it up, buttercup, or something. And um, and in there, there comes a time, and I'm not saying this is step one, this is like step 50, but there comes a time when you say, well, you know, I, I want you to know that uh, we've had this talk for like many years, and 
Sometimes, sometimes you're, I want you to know that I haven't given up on this. I've just sort of abstained from eating it around you or something like that. And um, so if you happen to see me, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, you just, it's, I, I, I'm just like, I saw you at the fair and I was eating the pork dog um, wrapped in bacon. Okay. And it's on a stick, of course, because everything good comes on a stick at the fair. And so, you know, and, and, and yeah, you saw me and, and, and I'm sorry, that wasn't my intention to make you, uh, stumble, but I also didn't go to the fair with you either. So, um, that kind of thing, but, and again, oh, I, you know what I got one for you is I've had actual clergy, uh, tell me that my tattoos are sin, um, to which I say, well, uh, no. Because, you know, again, that's trying to make a law where there is no law. But I said, if I ever see you, I, I will wear long sleeves, you know. Yeah. So, you know, and and uh, because they just don't like it that much, which is, it's okay. It's it's not me to ruin their faith over, but I'm not going to let them ruin mine, you know. Again, everything we tie back to comes to what? It comes to Paul's giving this instruction because everybody does it to the Lord. So I know my freedom in the gospel. I know that the, the freedom I have in Jesus and, and what to do and what not to do. And, you know, that's defined by the Ten Commandments. And, and I mean, you could break break the Ten Commandments by getting a tattoo. If, if say, say your mother said, no way ever do I want you to have a tattoo and you go get one. Well, now you broke the fourth, right? But in my case, you know, I'm not really breaking anything. I'm a good steward with my money and all that, you know. And, and at this point, my mother just rolls her eyes. So <laughs> I don't think that uh, there's anything to say there, you know. I For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and holds fast to his wife. So I'm not under, under her uh, roof, which is kind of nice because then they don't know, right? So... Well, I gotta uh, say, I, there's one thing of yours, and uh, I think one of your tattoos is extremely sinful, and, it, and it's the Nickelback one. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, you and your Nickelback. <laughs> I I think you have me confused with Carrie Bass. That is not me. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so no, he doesn't have a nickel back. Otherwise, this podcast wouldn't even be happening. I'm looking for it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have back. to cut that one off. I'm gonna cover up. Or <laughs> your Britney Spears one. <laughs> you know, I, I did get my wife. I got my wife and my kids. So I mean, uh, I figured, you know. If for a Christian, divorce isn't really an option, except for what on the grounds of adultery, and even then, we want to forgive if we can, right? So, yeah. I just put the name there so everybody knows that, yep, I'm taken. So, well, that's I actually have a pipe cleaner artwork of my family on the wall, so I'm taken. Um, we <laughs> okay, we <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, you and I like hanging out too much. Um, so as we look into the second half, now, St. Paul really starts to really hone in on this judgment and thing, and he starts pointing, starting in verse 13, about how your judgment on this can cause 
others to stumble. And he begins by saying, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is in unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. So when we start looking at the um, kind of the, and a lot of this is like dietary laws or touching a Samaritan <laughs> or, you know, this kind of thing. Um, you know, there may have been faithful Christians in Paul's congregation that would still struggled with Samaritans for the rest of their life. Um, and well, you know, the sad thing is, is if we go back to the book of Acts, you had Jews that Paul was reason, reasoning with in the Sabbath, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think Acts 18. And, I mean, they invite him to come back and preach more of this Christ. You know, he's there three weeks, and so they invite him to keep coming back and doing this. But when the Gentiles come in, man, they're triggered. They're triggered, and they're chasing them out of town now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute. You're all like, you're all being moved by the Holy Spirit because you're coming to faith. You know, you're inviting Paul back to, to teach more on this Jesus. And when Paul lets the Gentiles come on in, they're like, get out, you know. <laughs> get them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I sit there and read that, and my mind's just like, really? Really, you're going to give up on, on salvation because the Gentile came in? That Yeah, well, I, I, Paul lived in interesting times. I mean, uh, those Jews, by the way, you know, two, three weeks before, they were pretty justified in going, well, you know, they are Gentiles. And, and here's Jesus going, no, no, <laughs> no. And, and then so Paul comes in and he's like, no, and, and they're just not ready. They're, they love the gospel. I believe the Holy Spirit enters in them, gives them the faith in Jesus Christ. And their old Adam is still going, oh my goodness, is that guy from Greece? Get him! You know, or something. And, or is that, is, is that some sort of Samaritan? Get him! And, um, it's because again, this is... Christianity, when you become a Christian, it doesn't mean all of a sudden your life is perfect. No, and you know what? They Actually, the first council took place over this in Acts, uh, and this, this ties all into what we're reading here in Romans 14 and Acts uh, 15, the council of Jerusalem, where they, where they had to decide these things between the Jews and the Gentiles and and they decided to give them, you know, a few rules not to make the Jews stumble. Yeah. Um, to avoid sexual impurity, not not eat meats that are strangled, because re the Levitical code requ required the, the draining of blood, and if they ate meats that were strangled, right, uh, the, the blood wouldn't be drained, and the Jew would be totally triggered. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, they gave rules just for good unity in the church. Um, so, there you go. I mean, you just hit it, the nail on the head. This is good unity in the church to love your neighbor. Well, and again, you would think this whole Bible thing kind of harmonizes, right? Yeah. But again, well, that's what we said. It's just... I believe in Jesus, and yet people just can't 
you know, there's, I've said this ever since I started seminary. I'm pretty sure every faithful Christian has a line where they just go, what? And I believe it. They, I mean, some Christians, they can travel a lot farther along before they go, what? But um, there's always a place because as long as the old Adam is creeping around in there, we still go, man, I have a problem with that. Maybe not that we think it's not true, but certainly having a problem with things that God says, even though this Bible is amazing. Yeah, yeah, there's there's always something that the flesh, it takes time to get get the flesh to hurdle over, but it's we can take comfort that, uh, you know, the Spirit is the one who calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies, and, and that He is going to keep working on us. It's like a... It's like a jackhammer to a driveway, you know. It's just yeah. continually pounding, pounding away all the, the bad, right? So. And you literally know what that's like. <laughs> I re- yeah, there's a lot of I, there's a lot of uh, construction analogies we could bring in for this stuff. So, um, but again, yeah, no, that's that's it. Good order, right? It's just um, for the building up and for love and unity and the sake of my brethren. So you ever get you ever get charged with acting different at church? Uh, well, I don't know. I sometimes I don't know. It's been a long time for me because as a pastor, uh, I kind of have like my baseline. <laughs> so I'm I'm because uh, at church I'm not all fall 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 you know or something. But uh. I don't know. So far, in at least in Coos Bay, they've never gone. Oh, well, that's church pastor versus fellowship hour pastor versus school field trip pastor. I mean, I'm always pretty much who I am. Uh, but well, then again, I've heard I've heard a lot of people get charged with acting different at church or whatnot, and it's like I think you know. Well, they kind of have to, you know, for the the sake of their brothers. They might be having a bad day, whatever, but they put a smile on their face and they just fake it till they make it, right? Yeah. So. Well, I don't I do not do any woodworking at church, too, so nobody ever sees that side of me. So, that's me and that's... Oh, Papa's in his workshop. We close the door and turn on the radio. So... <laughs> <laughs> but for... Um, and, you know, and, and again, Paul keeps saying food. For the sake of food... Uh, don't destroy the work of God. Isn't that a great saying? Everything is indeed clean, but what is wrong for everyone? Make another stumble by what he eats. So, you know what? Don't burn the church down over, you know, these kind of dietary laws that they had to deal with. And I I have to say this. I think St. Paul understands what it means to be in a congregation of diverse people. Um, and knowing how to be merciful, and even though it goes against your whole love of the BLT, for example, to have this guy there, and and they're saying, well, what are we eating? And you're like, well, of course we're having, you know, kosher, this and that, whatever. And um, and it just shows that that you bend over backwards, and and well, if you're complaining about bending over backwards, just remember who died on the cross. Um, and so, you know, there is that sense of that's, that's actually really good ministry to people is to say, you know what? I loved him enough to, to be sensitive to that. 
Yeah, and it's always great to be around a bunch of uh, fellow Lutherans because everybody's always just real considerate of everybody else. They're already doing Romans 14, you know, when, when you're in a congregation face-to-face or you go to a convention or you I mean, you were just at, at uh, higher things, right? So, I mean, and and notice how polite and, and, and uh, well-mannered and, and how everybody treated you there, right? Yeah. So, we have some, I got to tell you, we have some amazing kids in our synod. Um, you know, they prayed the, the, the hours with us. Every morning we had matins, then we had vespers and evening prayer. And then for those of us who did it, we did comp line. And we went to classes and we learned things and we played games and we stayed up way too late. Then we got up early and did it all again. It was... Um, it's, I'm really thankful to see confessional, liturgical children seeing what a huge blessing it is to be Lutheran and, and to quit making apologies for being Lutheran and just saying, you know what, I'm Lutheran and that's okay. That's awesome. And you know what, I just read it through the text here. You know how we've kind of covered some of the music and movies and the Christian conscience and stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's have Paul back that up here. I'm going to jump to uh, verse 22. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. So, um, when we talk, re- remember the questions back that were like, is rap music a sin? You know, this text answers the question. Your faith is the... the the faith is between the man and God, right? And, yeah. and if it's not bothering his conscience and it's not causing him to stumble, well, no. You know, but, I mean, if it's causing someone else to stumble, then they got to turn it off, off, right? Because that's that's Christian love. But uh, the one who's passing judgment on them, you know, is the weaker brother. Yeah. And this, being so. aware of these things is the key. You know, uh, right. being aware of this stuff... Uh, you know, when I have I have some favorite music and, and I not be somebody else's bag. Um, yeah, and, and again, it gets back to going, don't tear down everything over, over liking, you know, uh, Dr. Dre or whatever. And um, so it's definitely, you can tell. Listen to your music. You can tell. And so, uh, and... But again, he's saying, you know, this is not what you burn the church down over. Um, but whoever has doubts, you know, uh, is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. Whoa. Good thing. Whoa. Um, we got, the, I mean, that's totally straight up right there is to say, yep. Um, if it's not from faith, it's sin. So there you go. I mean, we have taken that text, though, and we use it as a dogmatic staple everywhere. You know, and that's why people are like, um, well, I'm not sure if I'm sinning, if I'm doing this or this or this. It's like, well, you're doing it from faith, you know, because if you're doing it from faith, you're good, you know. Yeah. So uh, most of the time, they just need to be walked through that. They don't understand that, you know, because... It's like the evangelical world has created this thing where, where they're looking for the greatest work ever, right? And you, you have the other side. You have the Calvinists who are who are looking 
for, to glorify God in everything they do, not realizing that their daily vocation glorifies God when done by faith. Because the only thing that being, or brings glory to God is is faith in Christ, right? Um, yeah. So, so the, I mean, you have these two extreme opposites, and here you have Lutherans in the middle, just like, yo, <laughs> we're just trying to, like, fit in the middle here where, where everything's normal and do our, our vocations and, and do it from faith, you know? Yeah. what? You know, so an example is I go to work in the morning uh, to feed my family, provide for them, to share with the church, all that good stuff because it's done from faith. That's what God wants me to do, and I'm, I'm sure of this, so... Yep. It's good works, and they're pleasing to God, and it's done by faith. So I, I have a good conscience, in other words, yep, when definitely. I do those things. Hold it up to the scrutiny of God's word, you know. Selling meth to children isn't done in faith. Uh, cheating on my wife is never done in faith. That's literally the opposite. You know, does if God's word speaks to it, and you're doing the opposite, don't call it doing it in faith. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. If it's if you're going against the Ten Commandments, you're not doing it in faith. <laughs> hey, yeah. I I robbed that bank in faith. No, you robbed that bank in uh, in uh, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, uh, it, well, it, it, isn't it? And then you have so we talked a little bit about evangelicals and Calvinists, but I can't leave out the uh, the word of faith guys. I mean, we would put them in that category. God wants me to be rich and blessed, so I just took the sack of money from the bank. <laughs> and uh, now let's, let's throw them in there. There's actually a text. Hold on. I got, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So as long as we're ruling things out, let's throw the word of, word of faith guys in there with that text. Yeah. Because... Yeah. They seem to, to be more worried about eating and drinking, you know, the, the, the glamorous life now. I, back in Paul's day, you know, food and drink and clothing, that was the glamorous life. So. Oh, I, um, you just reminded me, Pastor Dwayne Bumps, you know him? He's a vice president of Higher Things. He does an amazing Joel Osteen impression. He's from Texas. And yeah. uh, he briefly did the Joel Osteen. We all laughed and then threw up in our mouths a little bit and then went on. <laughs> so, yeah, he does an amazing... Uh, um, so, really, uh, I mean, that brought us to the end of... Uh, that brought us to the end of the lesson. Uh, and again, uh, I think it's just a huge winner. Um, did you say there was something we wanted to do from uh, the group? Yeah, we got so we got a few questions in the group. Um, one was let's let's do uh, this right here. Um, okay, so this is from uh, a guy named Johan, and he asked what. How do we interpret Psalm 91? The word of faith, folks, would claim it is as a promise of protection for us. But that interpretation would be how Satan used the verse to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, wouldn't it? Ah. So, basically, how are we interpreting Psalm 91? So, I guess we got to go back and read Psalm 91 in well. context... I so. definitely know this psalm. Um, 
This is the one where he talks about, and I, I especially like it because I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, um, you will deliver me, uh, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. Give me a break. This is Martin Luther's mighty fortress. Um, you know, when you talk about this, it's to say that um, if you interpret well, let's, this... Well, let's just hit a, hit a cue. Uh, I'll read a, cue, a few key verses here. Uh, on the hands... On the hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. So, who tramples serpents, you know, and and remember Jesus in the wilderness, you know, and Satan's tempting him? Yeah. And uh, uh, it's quoted, throw yourself down from here, you know, and, and God will rescue you, lest you dash your foot against the stone. I think Satan was the first word of faith preacher. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, it, it, it's to say that, hey, Jesus, throw yourself off here. And because you're, you're not understanding that when you say the Lord is my refuge and my strength, it means that, you know, my when he's my fortress, it means I'm encased in him. That he is, he's my protector, that um, as we await the resurrection, he's the one who's going to see me too there. Um, you know, because I obviously the devil didn't go, I mean, he didn't say, hey, why don't you go pick up that snake over there? Because Jesus go, are you mental? And, um, you know, it's to say that you don't understand. We're looking at dangerous things here. And you will, you'll, you'll deal with them and then... Uh, because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Uh, I I do love the word of faith, guys, and the snake holders, the the snake the snake churches that bring all these snakes. And so many of these people, they don't ever say this, but they get bit and they die. Well, I was just gonna ask: Does anybody ever check the snakes in some of these churches to see if they're like defanged and like devenomed? You know what I mean? <laughs> I uh, mean the hardcores. They bring the they bring the water moccasins and whatnot in there. <laughs> well, and I, I think which gospel are they taking out of context? It's Mark's gospel that that ends with uh, this is this is how you know they'll be my disciples. They can drink poison and all this, right? Mm -hmm. Handle snakes and and it's like yeah. But you're not an apostle, right? It's like uh, it, this is specifically referring to the 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 thirteen here. So Judas dropped off. Um, Matthias comes in in the Book of Acts, and then uh, Paul is added as thirteen, and, and we still count twelve because in the Old Testament you had the twelve tribes, but one of the tribes was split. So sure. uh, that's where Paul fits in type typologically 
in the New Testament. Well, yeah, definitely. Um, there are no apostles after the apostles, by the way. If we look at our church history, we start to see the language of disciples still carrying on, but that's anybody who's being taught. And the, the language of the clergy becomes poimene, like pastors, and you have presbyteroi, which are priests and overseers and bishops and things like that. And so, yeah, uh, um, some people just really need to take a class on descriptive and prescriptive scriptures. And we've talked about this on other... Is, 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 are you just reading something or are you reading something that you are called on to do? Because there is a difference. Um, so far, you don't have big ministries of people uh, in basements filled with lions. Because we know this is an event. It's true. It happened. But it's not prescriptive. It's not saying, hey, guys, go get in a lion's den. Well, and yeah, we're not trying to make fun of people who accidentally read the scriptures wrong. We're, no. we're more poking at the, the dangerous cults who do yeah. it. And they do it on purpose for shameful gain. So... Anybody can read the scriptures wrong and be confused, and that's why God gives prophets, preachers, teachers, evangelists. When we're talking about prophets, we're not talking about new prophecy. We're talking about, you know, the teaching of scripture. Um, but, you know, God has given all this so that uh, it's like going back to the eunuch again, right? And yeah. Philip asking, do you understand what you're reading? Well, how can I if someone doesn't explain it to me? Now... Everybody can understand John three sixteen, but does that everybody understand First uh, Kings? You know, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> or you, you see what I'm saying? This is why you need someone to teach you. Uh, we've all been taught. You know, this is how the discipleship rolls, right? Mm -hmm. Like baptize and teach. Now, if you drop off either half of that equation, you're losing, man. It's it, it goes together. Yeah, you know, you gotta baptize and you gotta teach. You can't have what? Well, I was baptized, so I never gotta go back to church again. No, uh -huh. so I'm in church all the time, so I don't really need baptism. No, you know, you're you're. It's like let me let me go fight with with half my armor on. You oh, know, it's yeah. just you got right. Know, let me. Yeah. Would you would you go into battle and be like, yeah, I'm not gonna bring this shield. Leave the helmet too. I only need half a sword. I've already been through boot camp. <laughs> yeah. So, oh yeah. I well, yeah. You're triggering me right now. But um, the, <laughs> <laughs> as a pastor, that's a pastor trigger. But um, well, you know what? We actually just ran out of time. So again, this has got to be the fastest podcast in the world. So. You know, everybody, I, I hope the, the, the psalm question was answered, and, and I hope you got a good understanding for what St. Paul is referring to in Romans 14. And when we get together next week, um, we'll talk about, uh, we're going to go into Romans 15. And so until then, this is uh, Pastor Hoffman for Zach Lesher saying, no drama Lutherans this week, no drama. 